It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. Hey, here we go, live from Studio 31 at City National Arena. This is HSK Today, your weekly insider look at the Henderson Silver Knights. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey, and uh, we were going to be getting you ready for the Silver Knights in Bakersfield Condors this weekend. That is no longer the case. We'll briefly touch on that, uh, and that will give us uh, more more uh, real estate, I suppose, to, to relive the game on Saturday of uh, last week, or uh, pardon me, Sunday of last week, uh, against the Iowa Wild, what uh, is without question the uh, most significant comeback win in Henderson Silver Knights history. It's a small sample size Silver Knights history, but nonetheless, we'll uh, we'll dig into what was a four-goal comeback in the final frame for the Silver Knights, turning a 5-2 deficit into a 6-5 win over the Iowa Wild, uh, and how the uh, the performance can give the Silver Knights a little more leg going forward. Uh, as they continue to battle in the middle of the Pacific Division. We'll have Jake LeCision on in our second segment, talking about his return from the Vegas Golden Knights, his NHL experience, and also, well, his role in Sunday afternoon's comeback win. He did have the game winner, ultimately. And in our final segment, uh, the assistant city manager for the city of Henderson and chief infrastructure officer, Mr. Robert Herr, uh, is going to hop on as Lifeguard Arena earned some accolades last night. So lots to touch on, uh, and we'll start with the breaking news of this afternoon, uh, which is that the Silver Knights game that was going to be played tomorrow night in Bakersfield has been postponed due to COVID-19 uh, uh, complications that have impacted the Silver Knights. I'll read you the AHL statement verbatim. The American Hockey League today announced that uh, due to league COVID-19 protocols affecting the Silver Knights, their game tomorrow against Bakersfield has been postponed. Uh, the Silver Knights organization will be following enhanced protocols at the direction of team medical staff and the AHL. A make-up date has yet to be uh, determined for that game. So for the Silver Knights, uh, they'll spend the next few days uh, trying to get things right, uh, that they can return to the ice and get back to work. Um, I'll say one thing. Obviously, everyone's health is of uh, the utmost importance and, and the uh, importance and the the primary priority. Logistically, logistically, uh, for any team to have to postpone a game and and take a few days to to rectify a COVID situation, it's it's the best week for the Silver Knights to bump into this problem. And it's far from the uh, far from only the Silver Knights who are dealing with this problem. But for the Silver Knights, uh, they were meant to play tomorrow. Their last game prior had been on Sunday afternoon at the uh, the Orleans Arena against the Wild. And then their next game after tomorrow's uh, postponed contest uh, is scheduled to be in Rockford against the Ice Hogs on Friday, December 10th. So only a one game in a span of essentially 12 days uh, for the Silver Knights. And uh, for that reason, again, for the sake of, of the scheduling uh, hassle and, and trying to find ways to, to plug games in once they have been postponed. And, of course, the Silver Knights didn't really have to deal with this at all last year uh, when we had our first uh, lesson, our first go-through of, of managing COVID problems. And the Silver Knights missed one game. They lost one game on the schedule due to COVID. It was a false positive uh, in Colorado against the Eagles. And just the way that the uh, the schedule was lined up and, and with no real true league-wide postseason last year, uh, there was no need to make that game up, so they just didn't. 
this one, of course, will be made up at uh, a date to be determined. Uh, but for the Silver Knights, just one game that they have to worry about uh, and ample time uh, over the coming days to, to get themselves uh, reset and ready to go on the remainder of the road trip, Rockford uh, for two on the 10th and 11th of December, and then the 14th and 15th of December in Tucson. Now, as I mentioned, the Silver Knights, just the most recent team to be having uh, COVID issues uh, right now, and their opponent, the Bakersfield Condors, also currently going through their own COVID situation as their game against the Stockton Heat on Wednesday was postponed. So this is now back-to-back games uh, for Stockton where they will be uh, off the ice and actually just, pardon me, back-to-back for Bakersfield. And I'm trying to recall yes yeah, so, so for Bakersfield it's the postponement uh, postponement yesterday another postponement tomorrow against uh, the Silver Knights and then they were postponed uh, last week last Friday in Ontario but that was because of ice conditions the uh, some trouble at uh, Toyota Arena for the Ontario rain uh, and the ice surface so three of the last four games for the Bakersfield Condors have been postponed so uh, again just to to reemphasize my point, uh, right now the Silver Knights only one game to worry about in terms of, of rescheduling. But elsewhere around the American Hockey League, uh, several teams are undergoing these issues. Yesterday the American Hockey League made the announcement uh, that upcoming games involving the Rochester Americans have been postponed, the Hartford Wolfpack and Springfield Thunderbirds postponed, the Hershey Bears and Providence Bruins with games postponed. So in total yesterday uh, amongst those teams, the AHL postponed officially 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games. So, and uh, it's it's not even just the AHL, of course. We've seen this around the, uh, around the league, around the NHL that just put out a memo the other day to tell teams to, you know, batten down the hatches and, and be a little bit more strict on how they're conducting off-ice activities uh, to fight through the uh, the COVID bout that is rearing its head again. So, uh, we'll monitor that and monitor that in the ga- in the days to come. But uh, for the Silver Knights, there will be no game action tomorrow night. So all the more reason to look back to the most recent Silver Knights game, which was fun for fans, and uh, love to hear everyone's thoughts on Sunday's comeback win over the Iowa Wild. So feel free to chime in. You can reach out to the show by tweeting me the handle at Brian J McCormick, B R I A N J M C C O R M A C K. And uh, get your thoughts. But for the Silver Knights, without question, the most dramatic comeback in Silver Knights history. And in the final minutes of the third period, they polished off the final touches of that four-goal comeback. And it sounded a little bit like this. Winnie gets to a left-wing corner. Two minutes left to play. Silver Knights with the extra skater on. Gronbjerg, a shot, scores! Jonas Rombjörg from the near circle, a shot that whiffled on Barabo and sneaks under the arm. We are tied. Poked away from the front of the net by Barabo at the point. Pahal, wrist shot, save, rebound, score! Jake Lecision on the putback, the Silver Knights are in front. And for, uh, for some perspective, three goals scored. Between, uh, between Ben Jones, Jonas Rombjörg, and Jake Lecision, three goals in a minute 38 seconds. They scored four goals in a matter of six minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, so for the Silver Knights, who had scored four goals in a, in a period just once in their history coming into Sunday afternoon's game, uh, that was a, a prolific offensive output, the likes of which we've never seen. Pavel Dorofiev, Ben Jones, Jonas Rombjörg, his second of the game, and Jake Lecision 
all getting on the board for Henderson. And I think, you know, that was – it's indicative of two things. First of all, it's a great comeback effort when you were at the hands of a, a home sweep at the hands of the at the Iowa Wild. Um, and for, for the Silver Knights, a home sweep that in the grand scheme of things, it's two games. You can make as much of it or as little of it as you want. But if you want to really – exacerbate the pain of dropping two games to Iowa, which, by the way, came in uh, top five in the league in goal scoring, top five in the league defensively. This is a very, very good team in Iowa that was battling for the top spot in the Central. Um, if you lose those two games, it's the only two home games they have until December 18th, and, and we made a pretty big deal about over the weekend just for the sake of perspective. For the Silver Knights, two home games between November 6th and December 18th, you don't want to come away with nothing. Because when they do get back on the ice, you know, Rockford is is a team that's middling. It's not the most uh, intimidating stretch of, of road hockey in terms of the opponent. Um, as uh, Just a, a quick look at where the standings are right now. Uh, and I, of course, I don't think fans uh, necessarily are, are always up to date on what the Central Division <laughs> looks like. But, you know, Rockford is at 500. They're at 500, and they're a decent home team. Uh, Tucson has scuttled a little bit out of the gate, but now they're right behind the Silver Knights, three points back with a couple of games in hand. So, you know, not uh, not, not like the road trip through Stockton, but they already made the road trip through Stockton and San Diego and Colorado. So it's a really tough month of scheduling for the Silver Knights. Uh, and to come away with nothing out of a two-game home weekend I think would have been tough. So not only do they overcome that hurdle and find a way to come away productively with points, but it was the players that came back from the Golden Knights who really spearheaded that. Two goals for Jonas Rombjörg, the game winner for Jake LeCision, Paul Cotter had opportunities galore, um, and Ben Jones getting on the board again as well. He's got four goals in his last five games at the AHL level. It, it's good for the for those players to come back from Vegas, and Gary Lawless said this on the broadcast. He said, okay, you had your NHL experience, you played well, you're not going to just necessarily automatically get a call-up again, and not that that's what these players think. you got to continue to impress you need to continue to, to knock their socks off that they look down and say look at those guys we sent them back to Henderson and they immediately became the go-to players once again they went right back to being uh, the most depended upon leaders on that team that's what you want the narrative to be and after Sunday it absolutely is just that and for those players uh, who are also trying to to compound on their new value, their new demonstration of the fact that they are NHL players. They want to prove that as well. And, you know, if you look back to last season, you weren't necessarily expecting or, or honing in on, okay, we need a goal in the last two minutes. It's got to, you know, Jake LeCision's got to be the guy to get it done for us, or even Jonas Rombjörg at that point. You know, those are players that we talked mostly in a, 200-foot game, tough to play against, defensive specialists, and they can put pucks in, you know, they, they can give you uh, offensive contributions. But we didn't talk about the timeliness of those offensive contributions. The driving force behind the uh, this, the Silver Knights comeback on Sunday were the players they depended on to be their best penalty killers a year ago. And that, that shows you the growth in their game, and that's what the Silver Knights need from their players and the Golden Knights need from their prospects. So very encouraging for the Silver Knights and uh, and fun from a fan perspective. Uh, th that's something, you know what, I was thinking about it. We didn't do it. It'll still be current a week from now. Next Thursday, uh, where there, we still won't have a game between now and next Thursday, so we're going to need some new material. That's good. We're going to do fans on the mic again. All right, so if you're listening, we'll put out the call. We're going to do fans on the mic again. I want to hear your dramatic uh, broadcast call, you in the audience, of Jake LeCision's game winner. 
that finished off the comeback. So uh, let's have some fun with that. But that's for another day. Right now, we'll step aside, and when we come back, we will have Jake Lecision. He'll talk to us about Sunday and also about uh, his experience with the VGK and how it has helped him grow as a player. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. On this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you as the Henderson Silver Knights have a little bit of an extended break now before their next game action, which will be next weekend in uh, Rockford. Uh, Doug Marsh, uh, listening down the line, was nice enough to give me a reminder, very kind of him because he knows how forgetful I can be. Uh, next week's edition of HSK Today is actually going to be on Wednesday, and that's going to be because of... Uh, the team's travel plans, and it saves me from having to give you something pre-recorded uh, in my basement. So we're going to do the show next Wednesday instead of Thursday, Wednesday from 2 to 3, uh, which just means that if we're going to do fans on the mic, we'll accelerate the timeline just a tad. Well, Silver Knights fans, uh, the Henderson Silver Knights are in full swing in Season 2, and of course there is some time before the next home game on December the 18th, but you want to be ready when that day comes along, as do all of your friends. Single-game luxury suite packages for four or more guests, and group ticketing options are available now for all home games at the Orleans Arena. Harold the Town Crier, Lucky, and the rest of the HSK, can't wait to see you there. Visit hendersonsilvernights.com for more information, hendersonsilvernights.com today. Uh, we are hoping to have Jake Lecision on the line in uh, just a few moments, as uh, I think right now is a little bit of phone trouble trying to get a handle on Jake Lecision. Uh, we'll have him momentarily. Busy day. Busy day of, of uh, HSK and VGK uh, news, uh, and the VGK with some breaking news of their own just a few minutes ago, and that was the, uh, the fact that Zach Dean, the first-round pick for the Golden Knights in this past summer's draft, uh, has signed his first NHL contract. Zach Dean signing to a three-year entry-level deal uh, with the VGK, and uh, you know, he's had a really good last couple of weeks with Gatineau of the uh, Quebec Major Junior League. He had spent the first uh, couple months on the shelf as he was rehabbing uh, from injury, but since he's jumped back in the lineup, uh, instant success. Zach Dean with four goals and nine points uh, in seven games with the Olympiques since coming back uh, to game action. And uh, last year, 20 points in 23 games for Zach Dean, so he's shown instant offensive ability. And I actually last week had the uh, the good fortune, the privilege, uh, to sit in on nighttime at noon with Darren Millard and Spoke with Will Nickel, the director of player development for the Vegas Golden Knights, and he said he had actually gotten to see Zach uh, in person. And this was, I want to say, three games into his return, and he had, I think, three goals and four points in that stretch. Just an instant uh, instant impact when coming back into the lap. It was like he never left at all. Uh, so for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who were already, of course, very high on Zach Dean, who had a very good showing at the rookie tournament before training camp, uh, in Arizona, really good. Uh, scored in his in the first game and was was buzzing all over the ice as, as a young player in that tournament. Uh, I know the VGK were very happy with what they saw from him that weekend. Happy with what they've seen from him the last two weeks and uh, rewarding Zach Dean with his first NHL contract. So good news for all those in VGK land. Other prospects uh, worth discussing. Lucas Cormier was announced, as was Zach Dean, as a uh, 
being invited to the World Juniors camp for Team Canada this year. For Cormier, he's going back to that camp for the second straight year. Uh, and, of course, very likely to, to make that team as he is having another stellar offensive season in the queue at Charlottetown with the Islanders. He's got 31 points in 23 games uh, and a bit of a hot streak for him as late as well. So Lucas Cormier having some good news. And uh, it really is one of my favorite things every year. And, uh, well, last year because of the, the unique circumstances, not just the COVID season, but also the fact that I didn't get to, to meet all of you until we were about two months past the uh, the World Juniors, but I I love I love World Juniors. It's not only is it is it fun to see the the rising prospects in the game, uh, and of course all the things on the line with uh, the mini Olympics that the World Juniors basically are. But on top of that, it's it's such wide open hockey. You'll have young players, young forwards who have their offense all figured out, but don't have necessarily the defensive side of the game or the structure or the fact. I say all the time that, you know, you'll have a, a young forward at the age of 19 or 20 who's contributing offensively in the National Hockey League, but for a defenseman, they may not develop fully until they're 22, 23, 24. It takes longer. So what you get there is the best offensive players in the world and the best defensive prospects in the world who are not as good as they're one day going to be, and that makes for a wide-open track meet of hockey for about four or five days after Christmas. So uh, good for Lucas Cormier, good for Zach Dean, and we'll see – who factors into the World Junior roster uh, for every nation when uh, when that time comes? And of course, it's a it's an Olympic year, it's an All Star Game year in Vegas. So much going on, so a lot to look forward to. We are allegedly uh, going to have Jake Lecision at some point. It does not look uh, like we're having a lot of tech success right now trying to get him on the horn. So uh, we'll keep trying for that. In the meantime, uh, just to revert back to the, to the weekend that was. And, and really just the overall uh, the, the overall month of November, just how good Logan Thompson was. And I feel like we've talked about Logan Thompson this year in a bit of a different lens. And it's because for Logan Thompson, it's been, he's been very good again, but the numbers haven't looked exactly the way they looked last year. Now that is not a fair standard to hold anyone to. And we'll discuss that more as we go on because I think we do have Jake Lecision now, which is good. But for for Jake, uh, for, for Logan Thompson, uh, some video game numbers over the last handful of games. We'll get Jake's take on that too. But first, hello, Jake Lecision. Welcome. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you uh, for sure. And and uh, sorry for the delay in getting you on the on the line. Uh, first of all, Jake, I, I want to ask. We've been going on and on about the the comeback win for you guys on Sunday against the Wild. Have you ever? You've been playing hockey a long time. Have you ever been part of a comeback like that? And, and do you remember how uh, how old you were when it happened? No, I honestly can say I don't think I've ever been a part of something like that. And uh, that was really exciting thing for all of us uh, to be a part of that. And I think having that happen this early in the season is going to be uh, something that we can look back on if we ever find ourselves in a situation like that. And, uh, but no, it was uh, it was pretty crazy for sure. So. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It's got to be crazy that, that, again, it happens like that, but in a professional setting, like even what you did on the driveway or the pond as a kid doesn't relate to what happened in a game that, that was a big bounce-back win for you guys at the same time. Yeah, definitely. We definitely needed that win. And uh, like you said, I don't know if we ever want to lose at home, but uh, losing twice at home definitely is something that we can't afford to happen, um, especially playing in our building. So, um, yeah, 
it was uh, it was a must win for sure. Now, Jake, how does that feel while it's happening? And this is a better conversation to have because you're on the happy end of the equation. But I'm sure that you guys can kind of feel it swelling. You know, the momentum is a, is a real thing. And on the other side, they kind of have that impending dread of, oh, no, what's about to happen next? Can you almost feel both sides of that equation while it's happening? Yeah, I mean, for our side, I think it was uh, a little bit of a wake-up call to for that first goal, I think. uh it was a great pass on Jones' goal for uh, Bounds there, and I think that little bit of energy gave us a bit of hope. And at that point, it was uh, maybe guys are playing with just a sense of there's nothing to lose here, and just uh, really sell out at uh, all costs. And I think that's what happened. So we just throwing pucks on net and hoping that uh, we'd get a break here and there. And I think we saw that a couple times with I know Ronberg's goal was probably not. Uh, that, that goalie might want that one back. And uh, I think our final goal, I think Paul just throws a harmless uh, shot on that there. And uh, I was fortunate to be in a good position. So it was just uh, desperation on our half. I think that uh, is the reason we ended up playing that. How, how wide are your eyes when that puck bounces off? of uh, Baraboe's pad under your stick, you've got a wide-open net. I mean, at that moment, not only, of course, do you have a, an open net in front of you, but you also have to be going through your your mind of, like, oh, my gosh, this is actually going to happen. This comeback, it's going to work. Yeah, I think uh, you could tell kind of by my reaction after the goal that I was uh, pretty excited. I don't, couldn't even stand uh, guys uh, losing it at the bench. So it was, uh, yeah, it was... It was. I mean, I've said it already, but that was. Uh, that's pretty much the only way I can really describe what happened that night. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was really fortunate to just be in the right spot and have a good opportunity to. We're with Jake Lecision. Jake, it doesn't seem like it would be an accident or merely a coincidence as well that the comeback. It's who are the the major components of that, at least in terms of the score sheet. It's you, it's Jonas Romberg, it's Ben Jones, Paul Cotter had opportunities, the guys who came down from stints with the VGK, you and Jonas, the, the longest stints uh, with the VGK. What did that uh, that stretch of NHL hockey do for you guys, confidence-wise, and uh, you know your you know your, your comfort level playing in big spots? I guess uh, all those guys, we know that coming back, we have to be a leader on this team. And uh, uh, I guess a big part of us coming back was to develop our offense side of the game. Um, that's a great opportunity for us this year with this team. And um, I know going back to last year's Henderson team, we had some uh, really dynamic forwards that uh, we, uh, like looking back at Daniel Regan and Dylan Zakira, those are guys that carried a big load. And so that's uh, what's kind of missing, and that's something where we can step up. So I guess playing up definitely gives you some confidence in that sense that uh, you know you're close to being at that NHL level. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just confidence with the puck is the biggest thing I think I know about that stint coming back. Does the game feel different when you come back? Your own confidence level you mentioned, but the game around you, does it seem – a little slower or, or is there more room to operate or does it feel like the exact same AHL game that you left? Um, yeah, I mean, I played quite a bit of hockey up there, so obviously there's going to be a, a bit of a, a change in pace and that's something I, I noticed a bit, but we're not talking like a huge change. There's still a lot of great players in the American League and uh, 
yeah, for me, I, I felt like I uh, skated well in a sense that I was uh, playing fast. And I think that's kind of where I had my mind is just keep moving, keep playing fast, and hope that game that I was playing at the NHL level translates down here. You got really good reviews with the, the VGK. What were some of the things that the coaching staff or management said You know, when you were coming back to Henderson? What were some of the, the reviews that, that you got on your way back? Uh, pretty much that I have to be a leader on this team um, in a sense that uh, they're going to give me some, maybe some opportunity that uh, I didn't get before in terms of maybe power play or uh, some more five-on-five time. And that's something that uh, I'm going to embrace going forward and I'm excited for that opportunity. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of positive reviews, I think, um, for, for me coming back despite getting sent down. So, um, yeah, uh, just basically be a leader on this team and enjoy it. We're at Jake LeCision. Jake, it had to be neat for, for all of you guys, yourself, Jonas, you know, Paul Cotter was there for a bit. Ben Jones, Daniel Miramano has been up and down a couple of times. Like, the fact that you're all there together in the same room when when you were there and uh, a bunch of you scoring your first NHL goals during that stint, I mean, it had to be a really fun time over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was exciting uh, seeing those guys and everyone's put a lot of hard work and we've, we've all been in it together since the start in Chicago, that group, and it's, it's great to finally – uh, see that paying off at uh, at the next level. So uh, I think everyone was rewarded and everyone's pretty happy with uh, being able to be up there together for sure. Is it different for you guys when you watch VGK games? I mean, for me, I had seen you play before I worked with the Silver Knights. I was, you know, working somewhere else. But now when I get to, to know you as a person, I see you differently on the ice. It's just human nature. It, it's got to be a, a different watching watching a VGK game last night. And now these aren't just the players who are on the the big club. These are guys that you that you know well. Yeah, and I I definitely feel that too. Um, being up there for I think it was eighteen games is uh, got to know those guys pretty well and uh, get them get to know them on, on a personal note, which is uh, I guess something you didn't really for myself. I didn't really know guys beyond training camp, so it was nice to kind of get a sense of what a, what guys are like and they're uh, a great group up there and I think playing up there was uh, I don't know I guess a good sense for hopefully the future to understand what guys are like and how guys play so um, yeah I've made the most of every guy no guys yeah yeah everyone who scores their first NHL goal it's it's a dream come true uh, did yours did yours come through the way you you dreamt it for years or did you always think it would come on a breakaway or, or was it exactly what it, what you thought it was going to be? Yeah. I mean, I, I probably visualized scoring goals in different ways, but never knew I had a definite uh, image in my head of what uh, it was going to look like. So um, yeah, I think the way it, it turned out was pretty close to what I imagined. And uh, I mean, it was a, for me, my play, or my goal, I guess, was I was on the receiving end of a very nice passing play. So very fortunate to maybe have a easier first goal than some, but uh, I'll definitely take it. Is that a puck you hang on to, or do do mom and dad get that? How do you approach that? Uh, I'm not too sure. Right now it's sitting in my room, but uh, <laughs> I can't imagine it'll be 
moving far from there. Um, but yeah, I definitely got to thank people like my parents and coaches and stuff. So there's a lot of people who could uh, definitely take this puck and have it for themselves. But uh, I think for now, it's just sitting in my room. So. Was it, like Jake, this is, this is a significant artifact. This is a piece of <laughs> NHL history. Is it is it like on the mantle in your room or is it in the bottom of the sock drawer? Like how good a... Are you are you taking good care of this thing? Yeah, it's well kept. It's on a nice dresser, so a very it's nice gonna, dresser. It's not going to get lost there, and uh, uh, yeah, so that's uh, I think a great spot for, in my opinion. Good. Okay, I was going to say, hopefully, it's like where's Jake's puck? Like, oh, I saw it in the in the peanut butter jar. Like, okay, as long as it's pr- <laughs> protected. Uh, we're with... it's not, yeah, it's not going far. Good. We're with Jake Lecision. Jake, you're. Uh, your your game, I always wonder this because you were always commended for a great defensive game, a great two hundred foot game. Is that a game that I don't want to say easy because that's that's not a good way to phrase it, but is that a game that translates well to the NHL where obviously the competition is harder, but I would think that the fundamental things you were doing in the AHL, if you replicate them in the NHL, you were going to have good success. Was that a transition that was that was manageable? Yeah, I think it's definitely difficult to to try to pride yourself on being a good defensive player at any level. So uh, for me, it's something I've always tried to uh, make a emphasis on every game. And uh, yeah, I guess translating to NHL level, um, it's going to be even more important. Um, that's where you're going to see guys trust the coaches. I'm um, getting that opportunity for more ice time just based on that defensive side of the game. So um, yeah, it's something I'm, I take very seriously, and uh, I I think it'll be a big part of my game going forward too. Jake Lecision, before we let you go, uh, it is now officially December. Uh, you've gotten to know me pretty well. I am a procrastinator, and there's people out there like me. I'm going to use the next three weeks to help them as best I can. Uh, have you started your Christmas shopping yet, or are you uh, is are we still too far out for that? Uh, yeah, I did a bit of Cyber Monday shopping, so I'm a, I'm on onto a few gifts here, but definitely not. Uh, done so uh, i've got a bit of work to do here okay for the parents of young hockey players who are looking for the, the thing to get their kid what was the best hockey related gift you ever got something that any young kid would want um i think any time i get a new stick was an awesome christmas um so if i was lucky to get one of those i was uh, definitely a happy kid and um I know hockey equipment can be expensive these days, but uh, there's a lot of great sticks out there for pretty much any player. What's what's the going the the, the number one uh, go to brand right now? Because when I was a kid, I got a Z bubble and I was over the moon, but that's dating myself now. What's what are kids using now? Uh, I don't know. Companies are getting so good at that. Uh, I think there's not really a, a gap between any particular brand. I know uh, in Henderson, a lot of us use. Uh, CCM sticks, and that's kind of seems like a, a staple here. And but I know Bauer Warrior, True. Uh, there's lots of companies that are making great equipment these days. All right. Well, if anyone out there gets Jake Lecision for Secret Santa, you're going to get a stick. Jake, <laughs> thank you for taking the time this afternoon. We appreciate, it and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the ice next weekend. All right. Thanks, Brian. That is Jake Lecision, Silver Knights forward. We will step aside, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Robert Herr from the city of Henderson as he talks about, well, a, a nice uh, award given to Lifeguard Arena last night by the city of Henderson. 
uh, and how the partnership between the Water Street District and the Lifeguard Arena are uh, have taken full shape over the last year. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. And stick your head out and yell. HSK Today. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass. Henderson Silver Knights will be back on the ice next week, uh, next weekend, when they take on the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, and uh, again, after the COVID news earlier today, Silver Knights will be a couple of days before they get back to work. But when they do get back to work, it'll be at Lifeguard Arena, the official practice facility of the Henderson Silver Knights. And that brings us into the news and back onto the phone lines as we welcome in Robert Hurd, the Assistant City Manager and Chief Infrastructure Officer for the City of Henderson. Robert, thank you for joining us. Oh, glad to do it. Thanks for the invite, Brian. Well, I wanted to have someone on who could speak, uh, well, expertly on the relationship between the uh, City of Henderson and Lifeguard Arena because last night Lifeguard Arena was uh, awarded the Redevelopment Project of the Year by the City of Henderson. Uh, so what, what went into the uh, that selection? Well, the, the criteria for that award are um, construction or rehabilitation project in a city of Henderson redevelopment area, and that project demonstrates job creation, capital investment, and economic impact to the community. And I think Lifeguard just really defines all three of those criteria and what it's done for our Water Street District in downtown Henderson. And, of course, I, I'm at Lifeguard Arena pretty much every day, so it, it's fun to, for me to see. And I got here in January, so I got to see a lot of the construction and not just the the polishing touches on the arena, but also the renovations, uh, the, the outdoor work around City Hall. So it, it feels like a, a revitalization point. How has the town, the city rather, responded uh, to, to what having uh, – a public rink in, in, in the downtown area and the Water Street District area available to them. Just been very excited, and obviously it's had a huge impact on foot traffic. We hear from many folks that uh, they're coming to downtown Water Street when there really wasn't um, a draw for them to do that in the past. And with, with what Lifeguard has done and now a lot of the surrounding private investment with restaurants and new housing projects, we've got a six- or seven-story housing project coming in across the street from Lifeguard. And we believe that Lifeguard has been the catalyst of to all those projects and uh, just can't say enough about the great partnership and the tremendous team at the Golden Knights and what they've done for downtown Henderson. And, you know, Robert, that's such an interesting point. We're talking to Robert Hur from the city of Henderson that for a lot of hockey fans, they probably thought, okay, this is the practice rink. This is going to be where the Silver Knights play and, or, or, you know, practice and, and have their, their headquarters out of. But, for the city, it sounds like that was important in and of itself, what that was going to provide. But it's a, it's a jumping-off point to a much larger vision for for you guys in the Water Street District. Absolutely. And as you mentioned earlier, we the city came forward uh, not only in partnership with Lifeguard and the Knights on building that facility, but we have just reconstructed our plaza right next door to Lifeguard yeah. Arena. You've seen the 42-foot big screen on the side of the building and love to have watch parties or whatever the event may be going in downtown Henderson and just more chances for our community to come together to get to know downtown Water Street and uh, just, you know, be here in the city. And that's going to expand beyond Water Street. Henderson is much more than that one strip, but uh, also expanding into, you know, other neighborhoods, including Green Valley Ranch, where we're going to have DLC, Dollar Loan Center, open in just 
a few months now. It's it's really coming up on us. Uh, how uh, excited is the city for the uh, the opportunities that that's going to present, having uh, a full facility for for shows and of course hockey games uh, in Henderson as well. Just obviously, uh, you know, taking the the fire that's been lit with lifeguard and really kind of just growing that. We're so excited that we've got this combined facility, as you mentioned, for concerts and community events of things that were happening and what we had intended with the pavilion, the open-air amphitheater that was on the site previously, but now combining that with hockey and sporting events and the ability to do that 24-7, 365. You know, when it was outdoors, our summers are a little rough and the springs are a little windy. Now it's all inside, climate-controlled, comfortable, and uh, and again, bringing the power of what the Knights bring to the table with their ability to book so many various events. We're just really, really excited about what that can be for our community. With Robert Hur, the Assistant City Manager and Chief Infrastructure Officer for the City of Henderson. You know, Robert, in, especially in, the, in a minor league setting, one of the things I love to do is, you know, on our road schedule, we, we bounce around to San Diego and, uh, you know, Tucson, some of the larger cities. But when you get to the, the smaller cities or places that have a little bit more, uh, a little more analogous to, to a city like Henderson, you know, fans really love having something that's theirs. And, you know, especially I think Loveland, Colorado is one that jumps to mind. That's one of the most raucous atmospheres. And they don't consider themselves, you know, Denver people, even though they're 30 minutes down the road from Denver. They're Loveland people. And uh, my point being is for the people who say over the last five years that Vegas has become a sports town, Vegas is a sports town. It absolutely is. But there's going to be something cool for Henderson to be able to have something that is that is theirs. Absolutely. Um, that was really one of the big considerations when – we started talking with Kerry Bugles at the Knights and this opportunity for an AHL team. And we thought, you know, where better to have that than right here in Henderson. And really now our name is on those jerseys. And as the teams travel across the country, people get to know that there's so much more to, you know, our community here in Southern Nevada than just the Strip. And so many of the residents here in Henderson, they may work on the Strip, but home life and school life and all those typical community things are happening outside of the strip and henderson we think is the place to do that certainly not going to put you on the spot and ask you to predict the future but you know as i look at the exciting things with dollar loan center and then some of the plans for the years ahead now now that the nighthawks football team is going to be involved at dollar loan center as well do, do projects like the dlc and lifeguard arena when you see them come to life as they have i wonder if that for for you guys is exciting not just for what those allow but also, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of like, oh, what else can we do then? What other projects can we spearhead? Like once you accomplish one big nugget, it makes everything else seem pretty attainable too. Is that fair? Definitely get thirsty for more. But, uh, you know, we recognize our community and what we can support and sure. our ability to do that. So we're, we're focused on, and our mayor loves to say, you know, we've developed a plan and we are really good at working that plan and sticking to that plan. And so that's been a commitment of the staff. And, uh, again, it doesn't happen without a partner like the Knights, but uh, we're always looking for more opportunities in discussions nearly every day on, you know, what next and what can we bring that our community would love to be a part of. Well, so far, so great. Robert, I have to ask, are, do you skate or have you have you taken up hockey or mid-afternoon stick and puck, anything at Lifeguard Arena since uh, it's been up and running? No, I uh, skated when I lived in Colorado as a young, young child, but been in the Valley um, since second grade. So this is kind of a new thing for us, but uh, I might just have to give it a try. All right, because I'm just Definitely thinking. Definitely a fan. Good, well, glad to have you as a fan. I, I think if we could create some sort of, you know, once a year uh, 
upscale scrimmage between you know different departments of the city of Henderson. Boy, will that draw everyone out to Lifeguard Arena. But put, we'll put that uh, that idea away for another day. We'll we'll get you guys in training over the next year and see where we are uh, next <laughs> next December. Definitely, definitely need some ice time before we go there. But uh, let's talk about it. Ice time we have. That's Robert Hur, the Assistant City Manager and Chief Infrastructure Officer for the City of Henderson. Robert, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, and thanks for uh, all you do for us, and go Knights, go. Go Knights, go. Thank you, Robert. Much appreciated. Uh, that was Robert Hur, and uh, again, just it, it's so fun to see the uh, the marriage come together between the facility and the city, and, and just the the facility that is so much more than just the practice facility for the Silver Knights. That's That's how I most often get to interact with it, of course. But, you know, by the time I leave the building most days, it's uh, it's flooded with people out for public skates, just out you know getting a feel for the ice, and of course stick and puck. There's been a lot more uh, youth tournaments over the last couple of months as well. I mean it's 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 fun to see that building come to life, especially when last year, of course, there were the the limitations of COVID that impacted uh, every aspect of all of our lives. But this year, it's been fun to see uh, that building and what Darren Elliott with the youth uh, groups do, and and Wally Lacroix who's running the building. It's it's fun to, fun to see them all. Uh, apply their muscle and then make something special uh, in the water district, uh, Water Street district. So uh, that's been that's been a lot of fun and, and uh, commendable to the city of Henderson for partnering to uh, to make it a reality. So for the Silver Knights and uh, Lifeguard Arena, they got that award last night from the city of Henderson, the redevelopment project of the year. Hats off to everyone involved and to VGK President Kerry Buboltz as well. We have a few more minutes to, to wrap things up. I'm going to go back to just a, a thought I had about half an hour ago. Uh, and, th- you know, thankful for all of you who, who hang with me. Every time Brian goes off the road, you're just like, oh, just give him a few minutes. He'll, he'll get back to it. Uh, I'm getting back to it now. And that is uh, just a little more uh, attention on Logan Thompson, uh, who Gary, uh, Gary Lawless on the broadcast on Sunday gave a lot of love to post game and, and rightfully so. It's last year. Logan Thompson was, of course, goaltender of the year and put up just video game numbers all year long. We haven't seen those numbers just uh, just yet over the course of the first couple of months, um, and and it's it's two sided. That on the one side, it's not fair to ask anybody to replicate what Logan Thompson did last year when you have uh, near record breaking numbers across the board. As much as you you hope that uh, someone can do that every day of their lives, well, that's just not that realistic of an expectation. Having said that, it was the approach to the game for Logan Thompson that we saw last year that I think took a little bit of time to recapture this season. And part of it probably is because the Silver Knights lineup was so different from last year, not just in terms of some of the personnel who moved out. Jake LeCision said, hey, we had some primetime goal scorers last year who aren't here anymore, so who's going to step up and be that player this year? And right now, the likes of uh, Jonas Romberg and Jake LeCision on Sunday took up that mantle and, and did the job, Ben Jones as well. Um, but on top of that, just the injuries and call-ups that, that the Silver Knights experienced, it was it was a different roster every night, so that obviously is going to impact the, the chances against and, and just the pace of games overall. But over the last eight games... And and Logan Thompson has has made eight consecutive appearances now. Uh, seven of those starts, uh, he's had a goals against average that's bull. I think it's around two two point five, two point six, uh, and a save percentage that I think after the game on Sunday because he did give up five goals in a in a game that uh, the, that's not indicative of his outing. He stopped forty four shots and gave up five goals and under a complete deluge from the Iowa Wild. Uh, his save percentage should still be in the ballpark of 930. What we've seen come back for him has just been 
not just making saves, but making saves with swagger. And there's a difference. You know, j- just as uh, Darren Elliott said in our game on Saturday, he said, hey, face-off wins are important. You want to win every face-off you can. But just as important as the percentage is when you win them. Same for Logan Thompson. It's not just making saves. It's when you make those saves. And over the last uh, handful of games, Logan Thompson has flat-out won alone, you could say, three games for the Silver Knights and even a 6-5 dramatic comeback on Sunday. That was possible because Logan Thompson stood on his head and the Silver Knights will anxiously look for more of that from him the rest of the way as he is back to last season's uh, top-of-the-heap form. That'll do it for us today on HSK Today. Thank you to Jake LeCision for joining us, as well as Robert Herr from the city of Henderson. We'll be back on the air next Wednesday, next Wednesday 2-3, to for our next episode of HSK Today as the Silver Knights get ready for four games on the road, Rockford and Tucson. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks so much for joining us on HSK Today. We'll see you next week here on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network.